You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's 12.50 a.m. The Fan, beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here on a Sunday evening. Normally, we record on uh, Mondays. Uh, however, I have a Cub Scout deal uh, that I have to do a little a field trip for Cub Scouts tomorrow night. Uh, so I won't be around to be able to record the podcast. So Nathan Marzian, nice enough, as always, to accommodate my schedule uh, and do it after a Bucks loss uh, to the Utah Jazz tonight. Now, I, again, remember... Uh, there was no Middleton. There was no Brooke Lopez still out for personal reasons. And by the way, you can follow Nathan Marzian on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. You can follow me at Sparky Radio. Uh, so the question is, is it acceptable uh, to lose this game uh, without Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton, knowing uh, that this is your fourth game on this West Coast trip right now, having played yesterday uh, against the, the Dallas Mavericks? Is it acceptable to lose this game, in your opinion, Nathan? I mean, I don't, I don't consider any game to be unacceptable to lose. Really, I mean, you're in the NBA. Teams can get hot. You can go cold. Anything can happen. Obviously, the way they lost this game is frustrating. You got scored forty to thirteen in the fourth. They were in control for three quarters and just had a terrible fourth quarter. Um, but at the end of the day, I just this was the opposite of what they've been doing for most of the season. Where if you looked at the game as a whole. Um, they weren't very good, but they kind of just made plays at the end to win. And it was kind of like, okay, they won ugly. This game, it was the opposite. If you looked at the game as a whole, they were pretty good. They were in control and they had a just brutal finish to this game and they lost. Um, I think you can chalk some of it up to being on the second night of a back-to-back, some of it to just missing some open shots, some of it to the Jazz getting hot and them just, you know, being off for one quarter. I, I just... I'm not nearly as upset at this loss as I was for say that Blazers game on last Wednesday. Um, Cause it was, they, they looked good for, for three quarters. You know, if literally I, I, I just, Twitter gets me so frustrated during games like this. Cause it's like 30 minutes ago, people on there would be like, this team's back. This team looks really good. They're, you know, everything's good. And 30 minutes, one, one quarter of basketball. And all of a sudden this team sucks. They have no chance. It's like, you cannot be so reactionary to every single thing, every single outcome, every like it, it stuff happens, you know. And obviously, it's, it's a terrible finish. It was it was brutal. You wanted them to play better. You want to win the game, but um, you know, it, it, second night of a back to back, you just kind of ran out of gas at the end. And I mean, I again, I, there are several things I liked. I really liked their defense for three quarters in this game. But it's not going to look good when you look at the end total of 123 points, but I thought their defense was quite a bit better in this game than it had been. And, um, you know, their offense was, was fine. Even without Dame playing well, their offense had been looking fine and they just all of a sudden couldn't hit a shot down the stretch. And 
they just collapsed. Um, I'm not going to let this collapse one, one quarter of really bad basketball make me say this team sucks. Um, you know, again, the, the, we've seen the opposite of this plenty of times this season and people were upset at the opposite of this. People were upset when they'd look bad and win and people would say, well, they look bad. Well, they're not playing well. And this was the opposite. This was, they looked pretty good for most of this game. They just had one brutal quarter. AJ, 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 AJ. Come on, man. I get a little, a little fired up about a little AJ Green stuff, man. Dude hit that shot from 30 feet, turned around, looked at his bench like he was something. But this is what I don't understand. Why didn't you go back to that dude in the second half? I mean, it was like they forgot what he did in the first half. Look, if I I don't care what your name is. It could be Nathan Marzian out there. We've seen his videos on YouTube. Uh, but it, it could be Marzian out there. And if Marzian is feeling it a little bit, just feed him. Here, keep going, right? Whatever. After he hit that 30-footer, he, hit it. he tried another one. He checked whatever you want to call it. Missed it, fine. And then after that, it was like, okay, we're good. You had your run. Now, he would back out there in the second half but they really didn't try and get him the ball to get a couple more shots to kind of get going on his side. I think that was a missed opportunity. And I'm not saying you know, anybody did it on purpose or anything like that, but he was feeling it a little bit. And then you have Doc Rivers before, I think it was before the game saying, hey man, I don't know much about these young guys, but I know that dude can shoot. So I'm going to get him out there a little bit. And if he gets going, I'm going to kind of keep him out there and let him play. And he did let him play. And not only did he let him play, he would let him play maybe a little backup point, whatever you want to call it. Well, uh, before uh, they brought in, uh, which, um, what, what's the dude's name? I'm blanking on his name. Backup point guard. Come on. Campaign. Campaign. Thank you. Campaign. Before they brought campaign in there in the first half, he was bringing up the ball, doing a little something, something, not that that's going to be his role, but to me, this is what I like. This is doc saying, if you play, I'm going to play you. And he did. I just forgot to get him the ball in the second half. You got to be happy with what you saw there. I don't know if this is long-term. He's going to be a part of this thing, but I, I'm excited to know that Doc is going to give him a little bit of run here if he shoots the ball. Yeah, no, very much. I, and again, that was one thing I liked is, is he stepped up in that first half. They gave him some run that was deserved. And so he gave you a little bit of, of lift. And um, Bobby had a good, a good, you know, first three quarters of this game where he was scoring, he was hitting his shots and he looked good. Giannis was obviously incredible and just making plays all over the place, you know, 33 points, 13 assists, and just felt like he was getting everyone open looks. Malik Beasley, four of six from three. Like, and again, I, my, the, the main thing that I was happy about was the defense. Like for the defense to look that good for three quarters without Brooke Lopez, to me was like, okay, that's, that's impressive, you know? And then in the fourth, you could see they, you know, again, they, they started to, it, it's hard to survive a whole game without him and not allow a bunch at the rim. and you know, they kind of, they were surviving it for three quarters, but you saw the lob started to kill them. And obviously the, the jazz just got hot from the outside and everything. But um, again, there were just, there were a lot of intriguing things in this game and things to take away and say, that was good. The end result was bad. The, the, the final quarter sucked, but like that doesn't just mean that the whole game sucked. It was the same with when they'd win games. That doesn't mean the whole game was good. That doesn't mean they, it, it's, you got to take into account the process and 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 the results kind of a, a mix of both. You know, you want to win the game, you want the result to be good, but you also want to look at how it's happening, what 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 is happening throughout the game, how different things look and for the defense, you know, again, I thought this was a good defensive game for three quarters. I can I'm willing to throw out not throw out, but I'm willing to I kind of disregard um a little bit one really bad quarter on the second at the end of a second night of a back-to-back 
that you just fell apart a little bit. And it's like, okay, you know, they, that, that stuff can happen and you're on the road. It, it can happen. Now, I don't want to offend you with what I'm about to say, because I know you're the president of the Giannis fan club. So don't take this the wrong way and get mad at me and try and come through the computer. But do you think now through the end of the year and while Doc is here, we may see a little bit more of this type of Giannis that we saw tonight? Because this type of Giannis we saw tonight, we did not necessarily see against Dallas. But you did see it tonight. And it was that I'm going to make place for my guys. I'm not going to force a bunch of stuff. I'm going to try and get these guys involved and hit more open shots. Doc kind of had talked about that when he came in as far as, dude, you got to hit these open guys if you're having guys collapse. And you really saw tonight how effective that can be. Now, having said that, you got to hit your shots when he gets the ball to you, right? Bobby was hitting corner three, so it was getting paid off. And I think the more it pays off for Giannis, the more he's likely to continue to play that way throughout the game. But I think if it gets going early and guys are missing left shots left and right, just like, I don't want to compare him to Aaron Rodgers, but at some point he's going to be like, okay, that's enough. I'm just going to do this myself. I've given you guys every opportunity. You guys can't knock down shots. But I think if they're hitting shots, maybe this becomes a little bit more of the Giannis that we see going forward under Doc Rivers at Doc Rivers encouraging. Why would I be mad at that? Well, because I think I think a lot of people throughout Giannis's career have said, you know, he's a great playmaker. Uh, he helps make everybody better. You know, he distributes well and this and that. And he does. That's all true. But he could get better at it. And I think with Doc in his ear a little bit, and I think he respects Doc. No offense to Adrian Griffin, but I think he respects Doc a little bit. And if Doc can get him to play like this, kind of going forward more times than not, I think it's a huge, it's a huge deal for the Milwaukee Bucks, again, providing their guys hit shots. Yeah, of course. I mean, I like I like this version of Giannis. I like where he's creating open looks for guys, finding them, and you know he's still going to always score. You know, it, it, it's very rare that he doesn't get to 25, 30 points. Um, and still tonight, you know, he had 13 assists. We had 33 points. Um, and so I love the combination of having a lot of assists and getting his points efficiently. You know, that's the thing is he's not taking – 25 shots to get to 33 points. He's taken 15 shots to get to 33 points, which is fantastic. And then again, you know, um, dishing out, finding shooters, all that stuff. And, you know, like you said, it, there'll be games where guys aren't hitting shots. And, you know, when that's the case, it's going to be harder to win, obviously. Like if, if only Giannis is doing stuff out there, you're, you're not going to win a championship like that. But you have to trust that, okay, they've got a good enough team around them. And again, tonight you didn't have two of, you know, I know Brooke is more of a defensive guy, but he's still a, 15 ish point per game guy and Chris like that's that's a quite a bit of offense that you were missing tonight and on top of that Dame was bad so it's like okay you, this was not a game that was um you know Taylor made for them to to win and they still had a very good chance to win this game you know they played three good quarters because some guys stepped up so um you know again plenty of plenty of good to take away from this and I do like this version of Giannis where he's making plays for other guys and in the long run I think you know, when the team's healthy, when everyone's playing near their, their normal level, like there'll be plenty of um, guys will, guys will convert plenty of those looks and, and almost, you know, almost all the time, that'll be something that's successful for them is, is the honest playing this way. I want to talk about something else because I was very, very happy. I was proud. I sit on my couch. I was like, now see, that's good. And I don't think this has anything to do with doc. I think this has to do with personnel and guys being who they are. That Colin Sexton Giannis fiasco that happened there, where it looked like to me he threw an arm at him at Giannis and knocked him in the ground, and then he starts jawing over the top of him. Giannis would have got kicked out for that easily, but he's jawing over the top of him. 
And then Beasley acts like he's coming to the bench. We know he wasn't. Comes right on the bench. Ah, poof, hits him. Sexton pops up, comes running over. But again, that's one of your guys taking care of your superstar, right? Not saying that he's going to be the enforcer, but that's somebody still looking out like, you aren't going to do that to my guy. Like, that's just not going to happen. Now, again, saw a lot of it on social media. Giannis stares at somebody uh, and gets in all kinds of trouble. Sexton does that crap and gets away with it. Can't control that, have no way of controlling that. But what you can control as a player on that team with Giannis is defending your guy and making sure they don't get away with it. And Beasley was that guy. Normally it's Middleton uh, and maybe sometimes Brooke. For Beasley to do it, very, very happy with Malik Beasley for doing that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, that was cool to see. And, um, you know, I'm glad that they obviously show they always have, you know, Giannis's back in particular. But, you know, even with other guys, when stuff's going on there, they seem to be fighting for each other. They, the chemistry's there. You know, they, they like each other. And um, so always, always a good thing to see. What about the refs, Mar- Marzian? I've seen a lot of people on Twitter talking about refs and how you know, normally not going to blame the refs. But tonight, these refs are atrocious. A lot of Bucks fans pissed off at the refs tonight. Uh, how much, uh, how bad were the referees tonight in your mind? I mean, it definitely like, and I, I again, I don't like bringing this stuff up because I, I don't like to sound like I'm being just bitter and you know sore loser type of stuff because I know only really only the losing team blames the refs usually. And um, I mean, to be fair, people were complaining about it even when we were winning by 15, True. 20 points. The refs yep. still yep. were bad, and so that that also did not help in this whole thing. That I really did not think that that the refing was very good. I thought the Bucks. Um, Giannis in particular could have got plenty of more calls and there was just plenty of dumb stuff going on. And I kind of, you know, always throws things off a little bit and it, it can just take you out of your rhythm a little bit. And that seemed to be what would happen again. I'm not, you know, I don't think the refs ever play more than more than uh 10 to 20% percent role in this, you know, in losing a game because you still have to, you know, there's still plenty of shots they could have made. There's still plenty of stuff they could have done better um, to win the game, to hold on to that lead. But it didn't help, and, and it was definitely frustrating for to, to to watch it unfold and just how everything happened. So um, throw that into the mix. Another reason why I'm not freaking out about this game is I didn't think that you know the refs did us any favors. And you know, again, like even down that stri- down the stretch there, it's like you know, again, I, I like to look at you know crunch time when they were struggling. It's like okay, were were they getting you know, were they doing dumb stuff? Were they getting good looks? Were they, you know, I like to look at that stuff. And for me, I didn't think they did a ton of dumb stuff. I thought they got good looks. They just missed shots. And again, the, the Jazz made a ton of shots. You started to miss Brooke Lopez a little bit. You started to miss having Chris, that other shot creator there a little bit. And it's just, but I look at the process of what they were doing and I was like, it wasn't that bad. It just, the results were terrible and nothing could seem to go their way. Uh, Mark, uh, on the comments on the YouTube uh, Odyssey Sports page, uh, comments, Dame is lost on the, uh, last on the team in field goal percentage, second to last in three-point percentage. Can we now say this was a bad trade? 
I'll go first. No, I'm not going to say this is a bad trade. Top 75 player. I don't care that he's not playing up to where he's supposed to be playing up to at this point at all. Listen, you got him for the postseason. Plain and simple. You did. Now, happenstance, you're second seed in the East right now, and you're even with Adrian Griffin, who most of you didn't like, even with all that, you're still the second seed, right? This is about the playoffs. This is about end-of-game situations in the playoffs. This is about getting into the playoffs and having him have big games and get you wins. Drew Holiday wasn't doing that consistently. He just wasn't. He'd have a game here. He'd have a game there offensively, but he wasn't there. And you could say, well, but defensively, well, well, fine. But they need offense, especially if they can't stay healthy. You've had Middleton miss. You've had Giannis miss last year. You have to have somebody that can score the basketball at a high level besides those two. And now you've got that guy. Now, if you get to the playoffs, Mark, and he sucks in the playoffs, we can revisit your conversation. But if he gets to the playoffs and does what he's supposed to do in the playoffs, then I don't think you or anybody else is going to give a damn what he looked like in the regular season if they've got a championship trophy to hoist at the end of the season. My own personal thoughts. Go ahead, Mr. Marzian. Yeah, there's, I mean, I, these conversations are so stupid because it's it's just like when they traded for Dame, if I told you you're going to be, you know, there's going to be – if I if I told any single Bucks fan when they traded for Dame, you know you're you're going to be questioning whether this was a good trade because of how he looks in January and February. You'd laugh in my face and you'd say, "No, I don't care. Like I don't care how he looks." Then we're we, he's gonna we're gonna it's about the playoffs. This is about winning a title. Um, it, it's just so dumb. Like it's so dumb to even have these conversations with people sometimes because I just it we if the Bucks if he plays well in the postseason. And has a, a one to two month stretch there where he looks good. He's not going to look good every game. He's going to have bad games in the playoffs. Every single player does. But if he can look close to himself in the playoffs and it helps his team get to the finals, win a finals, whatever, nobody's going to give a single F about how he looked in January and February. Nobody's going to care at all. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, there were stretches of the 2021 season where Giannis didn't look all that good in the regular season nobody cares. He came through, was amazing in the playoffs, won them a title. Like this stuff, you want him to look good. Obviously. I love that. He looked really good last night. Tonight, obviously was not good. I think. And, and this doesn't, again, this isn't a, a full excuse for, for why he played bad, but he was playing hurt. He was on a bad ankle, injured it again in the late third. Um, so that plays a little bit of a role too. Whatever. I mean, he's not, he, I just, it's such a dumb conversation to have, but I feel like every time he plays bad, we're having it. And this is yeah. just the thing, though, right? So if I if I told you you could have Damian Lillard or Drew Holiday, how many people in this country are going to take Drew Holiday outside of the city of Boston? Who who is taking Drew Holiday over Damian Lillard? I mean, there's, it's just not happening. It's not happening. Basketball executives, coaches, other players go through the list. They're not taking Holiday over Damian Lillard. We can talk about Drew Holiday being one of the more underrated players in the league, and God knows that's what everybody was saying when he was a member of the Milwaukee Bucks. Fine. I don't say you're wrong, but he's not a top 75 player. He's not at that level offensively, never has been. Good defender, not at that level offensively. Again, if we get to the playoffs and Lillard doesn't score for a series and he's horrible for a whole series and they lose because he's horrible, Okay, we can talk about this, but I'm just telling you, it's going to be hard for me to say that John Horace is an idiot because he traded for a top 75 player and then 
consequently, Drew Holiday is off the team. Like, I just think any GM in the NBA makes that trade. Any GM in the NBA makes that trade. I'm like, even if he does suck in the playoff, even if he plays terrible, you're not going to look back on that trade and say, oh, why did they do that? Like, it's it's obvious why they did it. It's so blatantly obvious. When it happened, there was not a single person that questioned it because even if it doesn't work out, it is obvious that that's the, that was the right move to make to go for a player like that and raise your ceiling. And if it works out, it's going to be amazing. It, like, this was not a, it's not a question about whether this was a good trade or not. We're going to find out if it works. We're going to find out, you know, you, you can say, looking back on it, did it, did it end up working out? Did it get them their titles? Did it blah, blah, blah. But um, there, like, I'm, there's no way, and no matter what happens, I'm ever going to look back and say, man, I really regret them trading for Damian Lillard. Like, if they don't win it with Damian Lillard, I sure as hell don't think they're going to win it. They would have won it with Drew Holiday instead of Damian Lillard. Like, if, if Drew Holiday was on this team, I don't think that this team is better than they are right now. I don't think that they're better going forward or have a better chance of winning the title than they do right now. Like, it's just such a it's, – it's so exhausting to, to always talk about this stuff. Like this I am stuff. honest. I, I don't – I didn't think we'd have this conversation at any point this year. When they made that trade, if you would have told me – Because you didn't think any – because nobody in their right mind should care this much about how that guy looks right now. We should care about the playoffs. We should care about it, – it's like – again, if I told you that you'd be freaking out about how Damian Lillard looks in early February – you'd be like, why the hell should, why the hell would I care about that? Like I'm this going to help us win a championship. It's like, Oh my gosh, man. It's just, it, it, there shouldn't be these conversations. And again, you can talk about him struggling. You can, I'm not saying you can never criticize the guy or whatever, but talking about the trade there, like there's no question. The trade had to be made. The trade was a good trade. All of that. It, it's just, there's not a question about it. You know, if you want to sit there and say, he's got to be better, you know, we, we need to see it more consistently. He's got to get his shot back, all that stuff. Fair, but don't talk about the trade as if it was some bad trade. And I wish we could go back and not do the trade. That's ridiculous talk. And yeah, he's all fired up now. Nathan Marzian, follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. You can follow me at Sparky Radio. Take a quick time. I'll come back. Doc Rivers has taken over from Adrian Griffin. How much progression have we seen from this team as it's changed in a few games? He hasn't had many games here. This has only been since Denver. This is four games for Doc Rivers. How much progression have you seen? We'll talk about that next. Don't forget, download the Green and Growing podcast on your Odyssey app or if you download your favorite podcast app. Also can uh, watch us on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page or catch us when we're live streaming like we are tonight. If you're catching us when we live stream, you put a comment down like Mark. Uh, and we'll read some of those comments uh, as well and react to those too. Uh, continuing on next here on Green and Growing. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
Hey, it's C Sparky, 5 or 12.50 a.m. The Fan, uh, along with my guy Nathan Marzian, all worked up in the last segment. It's good stuff. I like a fired up Nathan Marzian. You can follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. You can follow me at Sparky Radio. The question is this, young Nathan. Have you seen enough regression from the Bucks under Doc Rivers to be optimistic right now through four games? And again, very small sample size. I would like to emphasize this. Uh, okay, go ahead, Nathan. I mean, I think so. Now, it sounds dumb because I know they're, you know, one in three now with him. And it, it seems like, oh, they suck. Oh, they're, you know, he hasn't made them any better. But it's like, again, look at how they've looked. The defense has been better. Um, the defense was pretty, you know, I thought the defense was good last night. I thought tonight it was good for three quarters. And um, even in that Denver game, it was good. And it's like, that's the type of stuff I wanted to see is like, okay, can he – you know, again, the results are going to be mixed. There was, you're going to lose some games. You're going to just like, you're not going to always win. Um, but I feel like when they made this move, you know, again, they, the reason they made the move is yeah, they were winning games, but they didn't look good. I, I want to obviously win games. You, every game you want to win, but if I had to choose between, okay, they have some more losses because of, you know, okay, maybe they had a bad quarter here and there or some, someone who was cold or something, but in the grand scheme of things, they look better. I'd rather have that than, yeah, you're escaping with a bunch of wins, but you're not actually playing well. Like, and, and, and that's just what's always happening. Um, I mean, again, I, I know people don't like losing, and every time they lose, it, people just treat it as they suck tonight. Uh, the everything sucks. They're they're bad, and that's not always the case. You know, you can win and not play very good, and you can lose and play pretty good. And tonight it was a game where I was like looking at the whole thing. I thought they played pretty good. They had a terrible quarter, but they played pretty good. Um, and there've been plenty of games they've won this year where you look at it and you're like they didn't play that well. So um, again, when you're talking about long term, what's gonna uh, be the thing that kind of makes you feel better about this team going forward? It's gonna be when they play well. Like regardless of the outcome of the game, I want to see them start to play better. I want to see them start to show some consistent, you know, at least not bad defense. You know, being more middle of the pack, and they have been. And so it's like I, I mean. I just, uh, I have definitely seen some progression, definitely on that side of the ball. And, you know, offensively, I think the issues will mainly be solved more just by, I mean, tonight you get Chris back, you get Brooke back and Dame not being terrible. Like you're going to, you still, you still, even with that stuff happening, Dame being off, Chris not being there, Brooke not being there, you were, you know, if, if they had scored, they only scored 13 in the fourth quarter. If that number was 25, which is a normal quarter amount, that's low for the Bucks. But if they scored 25, they still would have put up 120 tonight. Like I, they just had one awful quarter that's going to make everything look worse than it was. But um, you know, again, one hour ago, if you asked Bucks fans this question, the answer would overwhelmingly be yes. One quarter is not changing that for me. So yeah. All right. So let me tell you a couple of things that I that I like here. Last night in that Mavericks game. People in the first quarter are like, ah, screw this team. I'm turning off the TV. I'm not watching this crap anymore. They suck. Doesn't matter who the coach is, whatever else. And I tweet out, like, everybody just, would you, all you Avery Bucks fans, just relax for a second. Like, he's putting in, everything is new. New terminology. He's changing things. It's going to take some time. And I know you don't want to hear patience because Nathan and I, we're telling you patience with Adrian Griffin and give him time. And then he got fired. So now we're going to tell you patience with Doc Rivers. He's not getting fired before the playoffs. I, I don't think you never know. Jimmy has himself over there now for the Bucks. but providing he doesn't get fired, 
this is something you have to understand. If you don't get the athletic, well, shame on you. Uh, but uh, uh, Eric Name wrote a great piece uh, about before that Dallas game. They install the day before on Friday this trapping style defense that they want to play. Had no faith that it was actually going to work the way it's supposed to work, but they put it in and said, we're going to use this maybe at some point against Dallas. And the second half of that game, they ran it to stop Luka, and it worked, and it worked the right way. And Malik Beasley was even saying, like, this never works to a T like this. You don't install something like that and come back the next game, the day after, and it runs that smoothly. It just doesn't happen. And the one thing we have to understand is the reason Doc took this job, right, obviously Giannis Dame, fine, but veterans that have played in a bunch of different systems, have known a bunch of different terminology. So when you come in midseason and you try to install this stuff, it's easier for them to pick up. Andre Jackson, Bochamp, maybe not. But for these vets, easier for them to pick up. And the fact that they were able to translate and do that, that's good. I'll tell you what's bad. Because I heard Doc talk about it on pregame today. What's bad is he went through, he filled out his calendar, right? And said, okay, these are games, shoot-arounds, practices, the whole thing. He said, after they get past the All-Star break, once that All-Star break is back and they get back to their first game, from that point forward, they have two practices the rest of the year. That's all they get. That's not good. So what's going to happen is, and right now it's happening already, these shoot-arounds are much longer because he's installing as well as getting them ready for the game. So he's doing two things. And Doc pointed out in pregame, he's like, okay, I can do this for a week or so before these guys can be like, dude, F this. We're not doing this anymore. This is not what this is supposed to be. We're fine now and we're getting it, but we are not doing this the rest of the season. So he's got to try and get as much of this in as he can without having a bunch of practices. So these next you know, couple of weeks before the All-Star break, week, week and a half, whatever it may be, this is critical for them to pick up as much as they can. Uh, and then that first practice after the All-Star break, put some more in. And then it's go time, and hopefully these guys figure it out. This is a difficult situation for them to be in because Doc is not coming in and saying, okay, we're just going to run AG stuff. Doc's coming in going, we're going to run what I want to run, and you're going to have to figure it out as we go here, and I'm going to slowly put my stuff in. And he brought two coaches with him and kept the rest of the coaching staff. Again, this is something that does not happen in the NBA. I can't tell you the last time I saw this happen in the NBA, Nathan. Yeah, you have to be patient, and it – it's the most frustrating thing I have with, again, you know, Twitter and being on there when when they're losing is people just don't have any patience with with anything. It's like, again, when they lose, it's the end of the world. And it's, oh, my God, this team sucks. When when they win, oh, my God, everything's great. And it's like you can't be like that. You can't have so many game to game react like overreactions one way or the other. Um, it's just, yeah, it, it, this is a, a difficult situation, as you said. It's going to take a little bit of time. And again, this isn't like they suck tonight. Like they had one awful quarter. They were good for three quarters. Um, I, they still showed good signs tonight. And so I'm, I'm encouraged. I'm like, you know, they're, they're, if they might lose some games that, you know, are frustrating and whatever, but it's like, I just want to see things start to click a little bit, see things start to come together. And I did see that tonight. Like I saw it on the defensive end for three quarters and you know, that that's good. And again, especially when you factor in that, this was a second night of a back-to-back. They didn't have Brooke. They didn't have Chris. Like, they they looked pretty good, you know, and, and they just had one awful quarter, man. And it's like you can't let that totally change your entire opinion on how things are going and, and what's – like how, how this whole process is happening. Um, it, it No, I'm not going to do that, you know. And so 
you got to be patient. I'm very glad to hear that you're on this side too, because I was worried that I'm going to get on here and you'd be, you know, I'd have to talk you down and have you'd be no, like, oh, they they sucked and blah, blah blah. But I'm glad you were kind of on the same page as me with with having this perspective. This is this is a difficult situation. I'm just I'm I'm telling you, this is not something that happens. He's lucky he's got veterans, like he said. This is going to take some time. Matt did, on the OC Sports well, YouTube page. I just want to quick did did you? Uh, do you agree with me that for the most part they looked pretty good tonight? Yes. Okay. For three I quarters, make sure I'm not, I was I'm watching. No, for three quarters, I was at my couch watching and saying, this is what they're supposed to look like. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Offensively, they looked pretty decent. Defensively, they looked fine. And again, without two of their better players. And I was watching this going, this is what they should have looked like all year for the most part. I, it yeah, wasn't, I, but that's what it, it should have looked like. I tweeted that after the game. I was like, man, you know, terrible quarter, but. Overall, I do like what I saw for most of this game. And right away, people were like, how are you being positive right now? That uh, What are you watching? This sucked. And I'm like, it, like I, I, I'm such a huge fan that sometimes I'm like, did I, am I just that biased that I really thought they looked good when they didn't? But, I mean, I, I just want to make sure I wasn't alone in thinking that. No, you're fine. Uh, Matt says, who is untouchable besides Giannis and Dame when it comes to the trade deadline this week? I would say Middleton is not going anywhere as long as Giannis is on the team. Um, Thanasis is not going anywhere as long as Giannis is on the team. So you put him in the untouchable category. Brooke, I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't know. I, I don't I don't know Doc's perspective because like Nathan pointed out, I mean, they were giving up a bunch of size tonight inside. And for three quarters, they were holding their own, getting rebounds and doing their thing under the basket for the most part. And it wasn't until mid to late fourth where it kind of got out of control on him a little bit. So I don't know his perspective on on uh, Brooke Lopez. If it was me, I wouldn't trade Brooke. Uh, but for sure, Dame, Giannis, Middleton, Thanasis, those four for sure, I would say, will not get traded at the deadline. Brooke, I don't know. Nathan? Yeah, to me, to me Brooke is untouchable at this point. I mean, virtually. Obviously, basically, any player is technically tradable for, you know, if you could get, I'm just throwing something out there, but if you could somehow turn Chris Middleton into Jason Tatum, well, yeah, you're obviously would do that, but that's never going to happen. Um, but for all, you know, for all intents and purposes, I would say Brooke is basically untouchable because I just don't see there being, and it's the same with Chris where I'm like, I don't see there being a trade that is realistic that really helps you um, and, and makes you a better team by trading that guy. Because, and, and before I was more like, eh, like, I think they could listen to some calls. You know, I think that, um, you, you maybe would have to see what's out there. Like if, if the Grizzlies wanted to do a trade where you could get Marcus smart, like maybe they would, they would think about that, or maybe it would possibly happen. But then, I, I mean, the more I've watched and recently I've, you know, watching the games, I'm like, he's not going anywhere. He, their defense is so much worse when he leaves the court and it's, and it's Giannis out there at the five or it's Bobby at the five, that defense is not nearly the same. And I think, you know, the reason Brooke was struggling in air quotes um, on defense this season for a little bit was just because of the scheme. He hated that scheme. He hated what Griffin was doing and it made him look worse, but he has not been worse. Like he's when he's in the role that he's supposed to be in. And when they're, you know, when you're using him correctly, um, he's really, really good on defense. He's an elite rim protector. He completely changes, you know, the, the game on that end. And again, the numbers back it up. Like I think their defensive rating is 10 points worse per, per hundred possessions than 
uh, when he's off the court than when he's on. So it's, he's just been such a huge part of that defense for so long that I'm like, I don't see him getting traded. I, I really think that top four is untouchable. Nothing's happening with any of those four guys. And then after that, okay, guys start to become tradable. The the two guys that I would say are unlikely, very unlikely to be dealt, but obviously, you know, they're not untouchable are Beasley and Crowder. Like I think both of those guys, they're on minimum deals. I just don't see them being traded. Cause I think you're, probably just like, okay, it's not worth it. Like they're good enough to just keep them around. Um, but everyone else is pretty much on like firmly on the trade block when it comes to like campaign, um, Bobby, Pat, uh, Marjan, like those guys are all the ones you're really shopping. I don't think you're shopping any other guys. Take a quick time. I want to come back, wrap it up with a short seven. I want to talk about doc rivers coaching, the East squad and the NBA all-star game. Uh, this, we have got to talk about this briefly here on the way out. Download the Green and Growing podcast now on your Odyssey Sports app or uh, not Odyssey Sports, Odyssey app. There you go, Odyssey app or wherever you download your favorite podcast at Check us out on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Back after this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's C. Sparky, 5 or 12.50 a.m. The Fan. Follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. You can follow Nathan over at Nathan Marzian. Check out my interviews over at 1250amthefan.com or on your Odyssey app. Lots of good ones here in the last week. Four or five really good interviews uh, to check out. Packers, Bucks, uh, Brewers, all kinds of fun stuff uh, in the last week uh, discussed over there. Nathan, Doc Rivers uh, named the head coach for the Bucks. Obviously, that should have been Adrian Griffin. I saw Rainbow Trout on here saying the Adrian Griffin hire was an absolute d- disaster. Dude, he was going to coach the all-star team on the Eastern Conference. They're a two-seed. To say that's an absolute disaster, I guess I'm just not there. Not when you're the two-seed. It would have been an absolute disaster had they been the eight-seed at this point, and then he got fired. Then, okay, I'll get down with that. Did it work out? No. Was it the right hire? No. Uh, I don't know if i call it an absolute disaster, but either way. So Doc's going to get to coach the all-star game. Doc says the bonus money you get for coaching the all-star game, he's giving to Griffin. Uh, And Doc says the ring that you get, he's going to give that to Griffin, too. Uh, that he didn't even want to coach the All-Star game. He'd rather go be on a beach for a week uh, and let somebody else coach it. Do you think Joe Prunty should coach the East in the All-Star game, Nathan Marzian? I say, hell yes, let Joe Prunty coach the All-Star game. Yeah, that'd be awesome, dude. I would love to see Prunty coach that. Um, it is funny that this all worked out like this, where you know the Bucks are the team that is in the position where the, their coaching staff is going to get sent to the All-Star game, and you know they just fired their coach, so now it's all – awkward but um yeah I, I honestly think Prunty should be the guy I think you know he's obviously the one there that had the probably the biggest role um that's still with the team in 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 that whole first half of the season and having them with the record that they have so 
uh, yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense. I, I, and that would be awesome to see. Cause I know all the Bucks fans, we're all love Prunty, you know, half, half as a joke, but half for real. Like it, he's just, you know, he's, he's fun to root for. So I would love to see Prunty. Dude, he was here through the Jason Kidd and Giannis becoming Giannis. Then he's here through this whole fiasco midseason. I guess to coach the team for a couple of games. And I don't know. I love Prunty. That would be awesome to see Prunty get to coach the All-Star game. All right, that'll do it tonight for Green and Growing, your post-podcast, talking about uh, the last couple of games. Make sure to tell your friends and family members. Download it on your Odyssey app. Wherever you download your favorite podcast at. Check us out on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Enjoy the rest of your day. Toodles. Toodles.